Everyone enjoyed that. Say amen. What wonderful singing these brothers has been doing for us here at the our revival. And we're certainly appreciative to them, and God bless them. Uh, I heard some fine compliments on them today, and I'm so thankful to hear that, because I know both these brothers and know they're real Christians, and we're thankful for everything. So we're happy to be in tonight again, this Wednesday night, regular prayer meeting night, midweek prayer meeting among the churches, and and we uh, pray that of those who has dismissed to come out, that God will richly bless you and give us a, a prayer meeting here tonight. And those who could not and have their own services, we just pray that God will give them great prayer meeting. Last night I thought I would be sure to get out at 9.30, but I missed it again. So I'm, I'm, so I'm going to try again if I can. Now, they've given me some handkerchiefs here to pray over. I noticed on one said, Brother Branham, please anoint. <clears throat> now, that is just fine. Now, I know many brethren anoint the handkerchiefs, which that's good. And I, God, anything that God will bless, I'm certainly for it, aren't you? That's, but now, I never anoint them. I just kind of use the Scripture by it. Now, in the Scripture, I don't believe they anointed the handkerchiefs. But the Bible said where you're getting the scripture for it is Acts the 19th chapter, where that they taken from the body of Paul handkerchiefs and aprons. Well, there's nothing about anointing them. But of course, that's all right if they anoint him, but I don't have any anointing oil. Now, I believe in anointing the sick with oil. This, certainly the Bible said so. The handkerchiefs, the way of doing it, just pray over them. And... Oh, it's been such a great success. We just had such a wonderful time and praying for the handkerchiefs and the Lord has blessed in such a marvelous way. Now, here not long ago, just a little testimony I like to say about praying over handkerchiefs. I sent out, I sent out, oh, I would be afraid to say the number, thousands times thousands and multiplied thousands around the world. And... I got a cute little letter that come from a German translator. I have little temporary offices in all oh, eight or ten different nations, and, and they get the letter and translate it and send it to me and say what they want, and I send it back. So there's a, it was real cute. There's a little German woman who had been in a wheelchair with arthritis for a number of years, and they have translated my book in German, and I believe the man's right here in the meeting that did that. Or he was down at the Christian businessman's breakfast the other morning. Thank you, sir. And uh, down at the, the Christian businessman's breakfast the other morning. And um, so she'd been reading that book. And she said to me for a handkerchief. Of course, handkerchiefs cost about 10, 15 cents a piece and sending out thousands a week. I can't afford to buy them because I don't have any capital to work on. So I just buy great spools of ribbon and that just reminds me I've got to try to find some while I'm here in Los Angeles we're just out in our country we just bought it all up for some and sometimes for hundreds of yards of ribbon I just sit and pray over them and cut them off and send them to the people and this little German woman after receiving it she took in the instructions we send and we have a prayer group all around the world people get up sometime two or three o'clock in the morning to get in that prayer group to go to pray in 
And so she pinned the handkerchief on her underneath garment of the little cloth, and uh, she put her hand over her heart, and she said, Now, you old devil, you get out of here. <laughs> Raised up out of her wheelchair, my own about her business. Just <laughs> how cute that was. It's sounding that way. It would make us think that, but such a simple faith. You know, Christian friends, that's what it is. It's so simple, it, it fools the people, that's all. It's not nothing, just you have to reach up and pull down or something. It's, it's just as simple as, as that. Now, I'll, I'll lay these here, and then you can get them afterwards. Now, we're always happy to pray for them, and each night I'll do it. Thank you. You'll recognize this handkerchief, will you? All right. And now, each night, if you want them prayed for handkerchiefs, and then if you happen to fail to get one, not get one in, just send up the office, just write me Jeffersonville. I'm not telling you, now, I oughtn't to have said that, I suppose, because most of the time people saying, write me, well, all right, sister. Uh, uh, write me, well, they mean then you're trying to get your address to start, but I don't have any radio programs, anything to support, so I'll just answer your letter, that'll be all, and send back the handkerchief. But um and then if you want one, send get it. Keep it in your Bible if you don't have use for it now. And uh, our Lord, just some little... I think Brother Oral Roberts, you all know, or nearly all of you have heard of Brother Oral Roberts, a very dear brother and a lovely person. He, his main subject is, uh, like mine, being Jesus the same yesterday and forever, his is the point of contact. And I think just a little cloth or something like that, just a point of contact, you know, just something to... Or it kind of stimulates your faith a little. So now, let us bow our heads just a moment for prayer. Now, our Heavenly Father, we come to Thee first tonight to offer thanksgiving for all that You've done for us, blessing us and giving us uh, blessings that we are not deserving. And Father, yes, it, we deserve nothing, but it's through Thy righteousness of grace that Thou dost bless us. And we're so thankful. We pray that you'll meet with us here tonight in the Word, and may we have much fellowship around the Word. And then in the service, for the prayer for the sick, may the Holy Spirit do the exceedingly abundantly tonight in some way to stimulate faith and bless the many. We just thank thee for all thou hast done. Looking around tonight here in the building and seeing it a few nights ago, three or four a cots and wheelchair set, and only one left tonight. Father, may it be the night for that person there to be healed. Thou did deliver each one of them, and now tonight this woman. So we pray that you will grant it to her. And now many of your lovely children are sick and have loved ones across the country who's sick, and they brought to me handkerchiefs to be blessed. Father, I thank thee first for Jesus Christ. Christ, the Son of God, who makes these things possible, and for the confidence the people has, your unprofitable servant. Now we're taught in the Bible that they took from the body handkerchiefs and aprons from St. Paul. Now, Father, we realize that we're not St. Paul, but thou art still the same Lord Jesus to meet the conditions of the people. One time, Israel was all cornered off by the Red Sea and the mountains and deserts Pharaoh's army was pushing them. And the Bible, some writers said that God looked down through that pillar of fire with angry eyes. There lay the Red Sea right in the path. And the Red Sea got scared. 
and opened up. And a road went through it, and Israel passed over on dry land, going to the promised land, because God had promised it. And Father, when these handkerchiefs are placed upon the bodies of the sick and the afflicted, may God look back again, down with anger eyes, through the blood of the Lord Jesus, at the sickness that's got these people bound that these handkerchiefs represent. And may Satan get scared, move out, and may the victim of the sickness move to the promise of God's good health. Grant it, Father, for we send them in Jesus Christ's name, thy Son. Amen. Now, you can get these right immediately after this. Now, I'm going to try to go just quickly as I can, getting on the way now. And I thought maybe tonight we would run a little series of, of this subject speaking out of the Old Testament. Last week we've spoke now the eight nights on the New Testament and tonight I thought we'd turn over in the Old Testament and speak a while. I love the Old Testament, don't you? I'm kind of a typologist and I'm, the Old Testament is just, just full of nuggets buried down in there and I like to go prospecting, don't you? And dig out those nuggets and polish them up and you know what? You'll find every one of them pointing to Jesus Christ. Everything of the Old Testament was a shadow of the New Testament. And what God was to Israel then, through the law, He is to us today through the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a beautiful, beautiful picture. I remember taking one book in mind when I used to pastor the tabernacle at my hometown. And I was a year and six months and one book, Job. One year and six months. Now I know I was about five weeks with Job sitting on that ash heap. And the congregation is very nice to bear with me that long, but a lady's patience run out. She wrote me a letter and said, Brother Branham, when you ever go to get Job off the ash heap? <laughs> and so she said, We're enjoying it, but my, you've had him there so long, but it was right was the climax, just the whole book to me, that's the climax. When he, Elihu was talking to him, and then the Spirit of God came on him, the thunders roared, and the lightning flashed. Job stood up and said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And, I, uh, and I, at the last days he'll stand on the earth, and though the skin worms destroys this body, yet in my flesh I'll see God. What a beautiful Thing. And the climax of it was there wasn't a sinner left in the church. The Lord Jesus saved them, everyone. Now we're going to start tonight in the book of Genesis. Now I love this book also. And we want to start off on the prophet Abraham and speak a while. And now in Genesis 12, we'll read just a portion of the word. And then we're going to take Abraham for the next couple nights, the Lord willing. Now watch my time, so it won't take much time, and then bring him over to the climax of where he sacrificed or went to sacrifice his own son and was called Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. Tonight we want to take the calling of Abraham and, and Genesis 12. Read the first three verses. And the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make, thee, make thy name great, 
and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curses thee, and and uh, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Now, quickly, and then we'll go right straight to the healing service, because thinking this, about the same little audience each night, and a few nights ago they run in, I believe about a bunch of wheelchairs and cots, and, and they've dwindled down now to one. Praise be to God. I praise, thank God tonight. I'll catch the tapes a little later on when the boys, Leo and Jean and them, my partners that you're taking the recordings. I see a, another group in here also. And if you want to know what it was said to you, it's in a semi-conscience, you see, and you don't realize what you, or I don't, what I'm saying. So just get the tape and you can find out just exactly what it told you. And always remember just what it says. Follow it up. Don't be scared. Oh, I got this. Just another little testimony right on the end of my heart. I, I was over. I just have to say it almost. One night, it was coming along the prayer line. There was a little lady who has been suffering with stomach trouble. And she, the Holy Spirit told her all about her and who she was. And somebody questioned, telling people who they were. So that ain't scripture. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. When Peter came to Jesus, he said, Thou art see, uh, the son of Jonas, but thou shalt be called hereafter Peter, which was a little stone. Jesus knew him, knew his name, and told him what his name was. So anyhow, this woman, it told her then when the, it all revealed all to her, then it come out, Thus saith the Lord, you're healed. Because it turned light. I've seen the woman well, or never said that. It's not me speaking, then it's him. And so she went home. She said, well, if I'm well, I said, I might as well go home and eat. So one of her friends way down the neighborhood had a big lump on her neck. And the Holy Spirit spoke the same thing to her, told her she was healed. So she went out feeling for her lump. She said, well, it's still there. But I was instructed if it said it was the Lord speaking, it has to be gone. So... They agreed to going home, but they was going to go ahead and act just like it was nothing to it. So, they was well. So, uh, the little lady tried to eat. And, oh my, she really got sick. And then a few days, it just kept getting worse. So, she just kept on telling her family and everybody, Thank the Lord, I'm healed. She just stayed with it. About six weeks had passed. No different. It's still the same. Well, some of the neighbors that said, now, sister, you're bringing a reproach upon the cause. Said, you shouldn't say those things unless they are real. She said, but somehow, I know it said, don't look like I, I'm any better, but said, just something in my heart, if a, if a spirit could stand there and tell a person who I was and all about my life and tell me where I, what happened to cause it, and then tell me in the name of Jesus Christ that I was healed, that just, I, I can't get over it that I just believe it anyhow. So she just kept holding on. And one morning, the children had went to school and she was washing the dishes and, and she got real hungry, a real strange feeling come over. And she got hungry. The woman may be sitting present right now for all I know. So she, and hungry, she went over and she tried to eat a little piece of toast. And it's pretty good. 
So she thought, well, usually that buttered toast made her sick, ulcered stomach. And she said, well, that was pretty good, so, well, she's still hungry, so she thought she'd just have a few oats, you know, some of the children had left there, so they hadn't eaten all their oats, so she just sat down and finished up the little child's oats. Well, that felt pretty good, so she just really had her gastronomical jubilee, so she just fried her a couple of eggs and drunk a cup of coffee. Well, she said, nothing's happened. Just felt real good. Usually she'd be sick and have a headache and start vomiting. Nothing happened. She waited as long as she could, about 30, 40 minutes. She couldn't hold it any longer. Down the street she went to tell her neighbor. Oh, my, she ran into the house and the neighbor was screaming at the top of her voice. And she said, say, my stomach. Well, I said, that lump, I, I never noticed it. I it was on there yesterday, but, but a while ago I started to wash and said, the lump's gone. It's, I felt a real funny feeling, said, it all is gone from me. And them little women got together and about a week later come way thousands of miles away to testify to the other people that what the Holy Spirit said was true to hold on. Now what happened? Here's what it was. Now, don't be kind of mixed up, friends. When God says anything, it's got to happen. When God speaks it, now of course, His Bible is the, what we're speaking of. His Scripture said that if thou canst believe, well, all things are possible. Now, what he would speak to his servants would be secondarily. But if it's still truly the Word of God, it'll have to happen. And as being, uh, since I was a child, seeing visions, and God my judge, who I stand before tonight, I've never seen it one time fail. Not one time. It's always perfect because it's God. Now, what happened... You think God has to move just in the spare of a moment, but you're wrong. See? No, no. Daniel, one time, he was a, a servant of the Lord. And there was an angel who followed him, was sent to follow Daniel. Do you remember the story? And one time he was praying, and the angel, after it got to him, it was, I believe, about 21 days or something like that before the angel could ever get to him. You remember that story? Well, when the angel of the Lord had pronounced this blessing, what was it? The angel of the Lord passing through the neighborhood where he pronounced the blessing, performing the work. That was all there was to it. He just carrying on what he had done. So always when God has said anything, believe it with all your heart. Now, that's the background, a good background for what we're going to talk on for a few moments, was Abraham. Now, God, in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden... He made a covenant between him and Adam. And Adam broke his covenant. Now, man always breaks his covenant with God, but God never breaks his covenant with man. So, God seen what was going to happen, so he made this covenant after the world had begun to multiply and got full of wickedness and so forth, and then went up into Babylon and and the first idol worship was ever spoke of began in Babylon. God searching out across the lands to try to find somebody who would, was honest in heart, somebody he could give blessings to. And of all the people there was in the land, God, by sovereign election, chose Abraham. How many Christians is here tonight? Let's see your hand. Well, I believe it's about 
That's fine. Hundred percent Christians. Then I want to tell you something. This isn't very easy to say before sinners. Do you know why you're a Christian? Because God called you. You never did seek God at any time. No, sir. It's God seeking you. No man at any time has ever sought God. God sought man. No man can come to me, said Jesus, except my Father draws him first. The very strain from the Garden of Eden, instead of the fallen sinner trying to find God, it was God trying to find the fallen sinner and has been ever since. God by election. Remember, you began before the world began, spiritually speaking. When he made man, male and female, in his own image, which he was a spirit. He knew when you'd come into existence. Now, by election. Now, if you'll notice, oh, we take plenty of time, but we haven't got it to give. How we could give the background on this, how the, the patriarchs, for instance, Abraham. Abraham is election. Don't forget this anyhow. Abraham is God's election. Isaac, justification. Jacob, grace. Anybody know I believe in grace? See what God did for Jacob. And Joseph, perfection. Then it run out. God showing his election in Abraham, his justification in Isaac, his grace in Jacob, and his perfection in Joseph. So God called Abraham, not because he is any better than anyone else, but God called Abraham because he had elected Abraham. And he called him and gave him his covenant unconditionally and told him that he would save him and told him what his destination would be. He had come to him in an old age. Already done, God was determined to save man. Man, there's nothing he can do, and he's, he's a failure to begin with, so God, by election, called and saved Abraham. You say, oh, brother, if I could only been Abraham, I wait, not only Abraham, but his seed after him also he called and elected. Amen. Now, my brethren, I wish, maybe it might not agree just right, but just hold it a few minutes and watch. God, by sovereign election, called Abraham. Not because he'd done anything. He'd come down from the Tower of Babel with his father and his mother and his wife, Sarah, and he dwelt down in the land of Shinar, lived a pretty good life as far as I know, and, and he'd go out probably in the morning and eat berries and into the bush and kill an animal for his protein and then back berries and so forth. And he lived down in Shinar and the city of Ur, the land of Chaldean, and God by election called Abraham and said, I not uh, if you'll do a certain thing, but I have already done it. God had determined to save man even against his own will, against his nature. Man in his nature is absolutely contrary to God's will. He's a sinner, born to sinner, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies, lost from his birth. Nothing he can do about it. Could you imagine going out here and telling a pig, say, now look here, Mr. Pig, I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. 
Why, you could wash him up and put him on a tuxedo if you wanted to. That wouldn't do no good. He'd go right back to the mud puddle and waller again. It's his nature. He's a pig to begin with. And every man, every unregenerated person, no matter how good you try to be, how good you think you are, you are a sinner by nature until God changes your nature. Amen. Now, that's right. We don't like to say that. Oh, you say, I wear the best clothes in the neighborhood. I got the best car. I the best. That doesn't have one thing to do with it. If the nature's not, I never told lies. I never, that still hasn't got anything to do with it. There's no merits of your own, but it's the unconditional election and calling of God and salvation is the merits of Jesus Christ and nothing that any individual could do. God, by His love, saved man. Not what man could do. There's nothing you could do about it. You couldn't even have a nature to long for God because you're a sinner. So no man has sought God at any time, but God has sought man. No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. All that comes will have everlasting life. I'll raise him up at the last day. He that heareth my words, believeth on him, and sent me, hath, not will have, hath present tense right now, everlasting eternal life, and shall not come into condemnation, but pass from death unto life. Because you have believed, not intellectually, but from your heart. Oh, many people say, oh, I believe and try to reform we're, our business is not to reform, it's to preach the gospel. We're not reformers, we should be gospel preachers. Abraham, as soon as God called him, he called him to separate himself. That's a strange thing, isn't it? God, as soon as he calls a man, he calls for a complete separation. You know, the world wants mixers today. People selecting their pastor, they want somebody who will take a little sociable drink and wear the best clothes in the country and crack a few wise jokes and blah like that and be a sociable with the young folks and everything. But God said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas. The Holy Spirit calls for total separation. Amen. Separation. Said Abraham, separate yourself from your kindred. That's a big thing to do, wasn't it? I want you to sojourn in a strange land. You've never walked this way before, but I want you to separate yourself so you can walk with me among a strange people speaking a strange language. And you're to be a pilgrim, a sojourner. And here it is. Every man that's born of Christ separates himself from sin immediately. The Holy Spirit just calls you right out of different nature. Here's a lamb feeding an alfalfa. Here's a pig feeding in the pen on slop. Take the nature out of the lamb and put it in the pig pen. He'll never eat no more slop than go to eat an alfalfa. But you can reform him and polish him up. He'll run right back to the pig pen again. The Bible said so as the hog goes to its waller. That's right. It's got to be something God does for man. 
not what man does, what God does. We got too much man-made reforming today. Sign your name, put your name on the church book, join a church, bring your letter in. Oh, I ain't got nothing against it if the other has already took place. If you've been born again, all right, you don't care where your letter's at here anyhow. It's in heaven. Not written on a piece of paper, but on a, a lamb's skin by a lamb's blood. Hallelujah. Notice, separate yourself from all your kindreds and come over into a strange land. Sure, you used to run to nightclubs and the places you went, maybe everywhere that you should not have went. And now when God calls you, He calls you to separate from that kind of a life and walk a different life. You ever remember singing the old song, I'll take the way with the Lord's despised few? I've started in with Jesus, now Lord, take me through. I remember when I first got saved, my mother said, Billy, you've absolutely lost what little sense you did have. Well, I did. That's right. As far as the world was concerned, but I found something better. A new life. Why, it caused me, even my father, to tell me I couldn't stay home as long as I acted like that. But God gave me fathers all over the world and mothers all over the world. Friends everywhere. Million times paid in this life and eternal life in the world to come. Separation. Then upon that he gave Abraham a promise. Abraham was was 75 years old when God called him. And Sarah, his wife, was 65 years old, which is around 40, 50, 60, around 40 years of past menopause. And he married her according to theological history, that, or theological history, rather, that he called him, when, or she married when he was about 17 years old. And he had lived with her as a wife all these years, and now she was 65, and God said, I'm going to do something, and I chose you, not you chose me, but I've chosen you to do this, and you're going to have a baby by Sarah, your wife, after she's 65 years old. The Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving praise to God. Now remember, they never had the baby for 25 years after that. Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. But I can imagine as soon as God told them they're going to have the baby, I'd imagine they went out and bought all the pins and the things they had to have in them days and got ready for it. Amen. God said so and that settled it. Could you imagine Abraham in this day with a wife 65 and him 75 shaking on his staff going downtown? Well, doctor, I want to make arrangements for you to come to my house now. We're going to have a baby. My wife's 65. Well, then said, Abraham, you're just a little bit mentally upset. And every person, here it is, get it, every person that walks truly after God is considered by the world a little mentally upset. 
right. Amen. Yes. Why could you think of an old man today, 75 years old, with a wife, 65, and live with her since she's 17, and no children perfectly bearing him sterile too, and then go out and say they're going to have a baby and get the baby clothes ready? Why? No matter what it looked like in the natural, God said so. Now, excuse this, you young women and young men. I'm your brother. And notice, at the end of the first month or the first few days, I maybe hear Abraham say, Sir, how you feel? No different. Well, praise God, we're going to have it anyhow. First month passed. What about Sarah? No different. Praise God, we're going to have it anyhow. First year passed. What about Sarah? No different. Well, praise God, we're going to have it anyhow. And instead of getting weak like you do, like I do, if God don't answer right in a minute, well, I failed to get him. But Abraham got stronger all the time. Knowing that longer it lasted before the baby is born, greater miracle it was going to be. And if you are the children of Abraham, you've got the same kind of faith. Hallelujah. Don't get scared of that. Hallelujah means praise our God. Notice, Abraham got stronger. As the days went on, he got stronger, believing him and Sarah. Now, if God called Abraham, and Abraham had that kind of faith because God called him, Abraham's children has the same kind of faith. Now, the only reason Abraham had that faith is because God seen the quality in him and called him and talked to him face to face. And every person that's elected by God comes in and gets the faith of Abraham when they have a talk face to face with God. Now, what is Abraham's seed? Let's find out just a minute. Now, Abraham's seed was Isaac. Isaac, through Isaac, come Christ. We be, the Bible said, we being dead in Christ, take on Abraham's seed and are heirs according to the promise. The same promise he gave Abraham is the promise that he gives us. If we be dead in Christ, we take on Abraham's seed and are heirs according to the same promise. And then the same faith that was in Abraham dwells in his children who call those things which are not as though they were because God said so. Brother, if I could just see you get that kind of a faith tonight, there wouldn't be a feeble person among us in the next five minutes. Abraham called those things which were not as though they were because God said so. How do you know Abraham? God said so. How can you prove it? God said so. Well, it's against all nature, but God said so. The doctor says you can't get well, but God said so. Say you'll never walk again, but God said so. Amen. Mayo told me I had three minutes to live, but God said I was going to live a long time. Here I am. I was practically blind. Said my sight never would come to me again. But here I am. God said so. That's why when God says so, see, a Christian does not uh, calculate or does not look at things he sees. You don't see with your eyes anyhow. You don't. Certainly you don't see with your eyes. You look with your eyes. You see with your heart. See doesn't mean look. See means understand. 
Jesus said to Nicodemus, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See what the right translation that is, cannot understand the kingdom of God. Somebody be doing something showing you, I just can't see it, you're looking at it, but you don't understand it. And you'll never know what the kingdom of God is until you're born again. Then you'll understand what it is. You'll know what makes people happy. What makes them stand right out amidst the difficulty and say, So, never move. They understand. God said so. Now, I told you the other night, you've got enough faith, but you've got to know how to use that faith to make yourself well, to get happiness out of life. If you're born again, everything you got need of is right in you when you're born again because the Holy Spirit comes in and that's all you have need of. It's the Holy Spirit. It produces the rest. Now, Notice Abraham, our Christians, rather. Abraham's seed. No matter what anybody else says, they believe it anyhow. Here some time ago, I was talking to a fine doctor who belonged to the same church that I belonged to. And he said, Billy, you know what? I was at your meeting. He said, I appreciate all that was done. But so let me ask you something, Billy. He said, it isn't going to be long you're going to be a holy roller. And I said, well, what do you mean, doctor? He said, because them people are just emotional. Well, I said, according to science, anything that has got emotion is dead. And if your religion has got a little emotion about it, you better bear it. <laughs> and he said, uh, I said, it's dead. And he said, now, Billy, I said, I want to ask you something. I, he said, don't you know those people just get excited? said, you go to preaching and they get excited. That's what makes them holler, amen, and cry. I said, now, doctor, I want to ask you something. You know, they can't be nothing excite them. They're sitting there normally. They can't. There has to be something excite that nerve. You just can't be walking down. Allie, if you're not scared, you're not scared. If you get scared, something excites you. Certainly it is. Now, I said, sure, in one sense, they're excited, but what's the emotions excited about? I said, it's like you're getting scared. Something has to scare you. And something has to excite those people. And what it is, it's the Holy Spirit near them, taking the Word of God and giving them eternal life. And it is excitable. Certainly. Notice, Christians cannot be Christians and not have faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see your salvation. You don't see Jesus. But yet you believe Him. And we call those things which were not as though we were. They were. And Christians look at the unseen. Not what they see, what they don't see. Here not long ago, I was over in Canada. A great campaign with about 10,000, 15,000 people was out in Montreal. We was having a great meeting there. I was watching, coming down the street, Mr. Baxter and I, there's a television going on there. And a guy standing on there from way over in America somewhere strumming a guitar, one of these here cowboys around, you know. So, strumming on a guitar. And the fellow walked out, he said, um, how do you do? And I said, how do you do, sir? He said, uh, let me sell you that set. I said, no, thank you, I'm just passing through here. Oh? He said, well, I said, I can get the tax free if you want to take it back to the States with you. I said, no, no, thank you. I said, I'm just looking at it. I said, that's fine. Where's that coming from? He said, way down in the United States somewhere, Detroit or somewhere. I said, hmm. I said, that's very fine. 
And I said, uh, he said, um, just passing through? I said, no, no, I'm here for a few days. He said, oh, I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm um, um, here for uh, a meeting. Oh, he said, you ain't with this Branham outfit down here, are you? I said, yes, sir. And he said, um, oh, he said, what do you think about that guy? I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, he said, I'll tell you. He said, I think he's the biggest hypocrite i ever seen. I said, you really do? He said, yes, sir, I do. He said, the first thing, he's got nothing but psychology. I said, were you there last night? He said, yeah. I said, what about that soldier that brought up there all crippled up? Oh, he said, that soldier could have walked anyhow if he just tried it. Mm-hmm. I said, are you a Christian? He said, oh, no. But I don't believe in none of that stuff. But I said, oh. He said, I'm a scientist. He said, if anything cannot be scientifically proven, it's absolutely an error. Oh, I said, mm-hmm. I said, I hate to take the other side, but I said, I'm going to tell you the real things are things that cannot be scientifically proven. Oh, he said, you're wrong. I said, all right. I want to. He said, if it can't be scientifically proven, it's not real. <laughs> I said, well, partner, I believe the things that that's real cannot be scientifically proven. And anything that's scientifically proven is not real. It's perishable. And he said, uh, oh, he said, I think you're wrong. I said, I want to ask you something. Are you a married man? said, sure. Got any children? Yes. I said, you love your wife? He said, yes, sir. I said, what is love? I said, scientifically, show me what love is. What's different about that woman is any other woman? What's different about them children is any other children? Love. And you couldn't scientifically prove love if you had to. I said, I, you can't scientifically prove me that you got a mind. That's right, you can I said, the real things are unscientific. They're substance of things hoped for. <laughs> Faith. Well, I said, look at that picture there. I said, that picture's coming right through the room. And I said, that's like it is on uh, television. I said, that's where they see them visions. I said, it's, it's something that comes out. And I said, why can't that uh, radio see that vision? He said, well, it's not made that way. I said, see, God set some in the church prophets. Some teachers, some evangelists. He said, oh, nonsense. We got a sanding station to sand this. I said, we have two. Amen. He said, and you believe that guy's right? I said, yes, sir, I am that guy. <laughs> I said, I am. He said, you're not Reverend Bram. I said, yes, sir. He said, I'll call you a hypocrite to your face. I said, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Always tell me to my face, not to my back. That's right, but that's it, friend. See, we have a sending station. That's heaven. We've got a receiving station. That's your heart. And when really in your heart you accept the Word of God, it becomes positive. No matter what the rest of them are seeing, you're seeing it anyhow. And Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. As the years passed by, she still believed. Abraham believed. Our time's getting away. In the 17th chapter, we'll pick that up just for a moment. In the 17th chapter, after he got real old, he was 90 now, God appeared to him in different names. But he appeared to him in the 17th chapter as Almighty God. He said, I am Almighty God. 
Now, the, really, the Hebrew word for that is El Shaddai, meaning the breast of the bosom, like a woman. He said, you're old, Abraham. You're nearly a hundred, but my promise is still good. And I am the breasted God, like the mother to her baby. When the little baby's sick and threatening, the mother takes the little baby up, no matter how sick it is, and holds it to her bosom, and the little baby nurses the mother's strength. And the baby is made well through the mother's strength. And he said, Abraham, you're old. You're a real old man, 90. Sarah now is 80. But I am the breasted God. Just hold on and keep nursing my promise and I'll bring it to pass. Hallelujah. He's still tonight, almighty God, the El Shaddai, the breasted one. He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes we were healed. Compound reason. The breasted one. Then he called Abraham out to confirm this covenant to him. Abraham said, See that I am childish yet, and the only heir of my house is this, Eliezer of Damascus. He said, Seeing that I go without a child, and he's going to be my heir, and the only thing I have is Ishmael, and that's from the handmaid Hagar. He said, well, come out here and I'll make this clear to you, Abraham, what I'm going to do for you and for your seed after you. Now, Abraham's children sat quiet and listened quickly and we'll go right straight to the point. He took Abraham out and Abraham made a sacrifice unto the Lord and he killed a little heifer and a she-goat of three years old, each one of them, and a ram. And he took a pigeon and a turtle dove. And he split the heifer and the ram and the she-goat apart, laid the pieces together, but the turtle dove and the, the pigeon he never split apart. Oh, I wish we just had time to go. We get that tomorrow night, maybe. Why he didn't split that pigeon and turtle dove? Here's what it was. A turtle dove or a pigeon was a representative or it atoned for healing. God has changed his covenant from law to grace, but he never has changed healing. Always been the same. And he didn't divide them. And when he laid them together and he kept the birds off of them until the sun went down, I listened real close. Here's how the covenant was made. Here's why today Jesus is risen from the dead. Here's why today he's doing the very things you see him doing. Now he is showing in a figure to Abraham what he was going to do for all his seed after him, which out of Abraham would come Isaac and out of Isaac would come Christ, showing what kind of a sacrifice that he would make through Christ. When Abraham gave a pre-shadow of it, when he went to the mountain to offer Isaac, and God spared Isaac and didn't spare his own son, because a uh, Isaac was only a shadow of Christ, packing the wood and everything like the same hill, as we'll get to it later on in our lesson in a night or two. Then notice what he did. Oh, it's marvelous. He kept his, the birds off of it until the sun went down. Notice. Then 
a deep sleep fell on Abraham. First thing, Abraham, I'm just going to shut you off to show you it's not one thing you can do about it. This is my covenant. And it wasn't one thing, brother, that you could do about it. It isn't one thing, sister, that you've done about it. It's what God did for you in Christ. Not because you was good, not because a mother was good, but what Christ was good and what Christ did by calling you put him to sleep. Now, you haven't got anything to do with it. So after he went to sleep, then there come a real deep, horrible darkness. What did that mean? Hell, separation, every sinner deserves it. Separation. And then beyond that was a burning furnace. Death, separation, hell after death to every sinner. But then beyond that, when a little white light, I hope you never disbelieve no more from this hour. Abraham, asleep and in a vision, showing that every man must come to this horrible darkness of separation, death, that every man deserves to go to hell because he's a sinner. He fell. He's the offspring of a sinner. And then beyond that went the little white light. In other words, the same pillar of fire that followed Israel, the same Holy Spirit that's here tonight. And it went right in between each one of these sacrifices. God confirming by His grace that someday what He would do in Christ Jesus. Now to the oath. God took an oath over it. He took an oath tonight. Swore by himself that none other greater to swear by. He swore by himself he'd keep his word. Amen. He'll keep his promise. He didn't only say it, but he swore to it that he'd do it. What are you trying to do, Brother Bram? Get you to a place where you can see what God has done for you. That's why these things take place. God has promised to do them, and he's got to do them. In order to be God, he has to keep his promise, brethren. Notice, in the old, many ways we make covenants. Here in America, when we make a covenant, while well, we just uh, go out and make an agreement and reach over and shake one another's hands and say, that's it, boy. Sealer, here we are. All right, we shake on it. That's the way we make a covenant. Down in Japan, they got a funny way of making a covenant. They go out and make their agreement, then they get a little salt and throw it on one another. <laughs> That's the way they make a covenant, throwing salt on one another. But in the time of Abraham, the way they made a covenant, the way God made a covenant, they took an animal and split it apart, and they took a piece of paper and wrote on this piece of paper whatever they were, their agreement was, and they tore this piece of paper apart, and one man took one part, and the other man took the other part. And they took an oath over the dead body of this sacrifice that if either of those broke that covenant, let, their, let them be as this dead animal was below them. And when they come together again to make this covenant right, these two pieces of paper had to dovetail right straight together, letter by letter. 
for it would be the same piece of paper. Now, here's what God did for us in Christ. God manifested in flesh, took his own son up to Calvary, and there he killed his own son on Calvary's cross to make a covenant with the human race. And when he did, he nailed him to the cross, the dead sacrifice it was, and pulled out of him the Holy Spirit. Into thy hands I command my spirit. Blood running from his side and hands and feet. And God pulled out the spirit from him and shoved the body down in the grave, raised it up on the third day and set it on his right hand and sent the rest of the agreement back to the church, which was the same Holy Ghost that was up on Christ come upon the church. And the only way in the world we'll ever be able to make it at the day of judgment is for that same Holy Spirit that was up on Jesus Christ will have to dovetail as his wife to the body. Amen. That's the covenant that God wrote to the church. He tore Christ apart, soul and body. He said to the woman, can you be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? She said, yes. He said, and you will. The same Holy Spirit that was up on Jesus Christ was tore out of his body to take the life out of it to shed the blood for remission of sins, and God raised his body and set it on his own throne on his right side and sent back the same Holy Ghost that was up on Christ to be on the church in a double potion. Friends, if you have received that Holy Spirit, you are sons and daughters of God. You are the seed of Abraham and joint heirs with him in the kingdom, and the same faith that was in Abraham is in every believer tonight. Hallelujah. God, by His amazing grace, calls you out of the slop pins of the world and gives you the Holy Ghost, not because you deserve it, but because He calls you to it. Unconditionally. Not because you were good, because you wasn't good. Not because your mother was saved, that's all right, but you're another individual. Try. God calls you by election. And sinner friend, if you're here, or lukewarm church member, these things that you see going on here in the tent at night time, the Holy Spirit making manifest the resurrection of Jesus, it's the covenant that God said and poured it out through Christ, the very same things that I do shall you also even more than this, for I go to my Father. A little while in the world will see me no more, yet you shall see me, for I will be with you even in you to the end of the world. I'm not excited. I'm feeling good. I feel very religious. Because why? The Holy Spirit. It's not a guess so. It's not a maybe so. It's not probably so. It's not I'm guessing at it. But I know that Jesus Christ lives and reigns tonight. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His Holy Spirit is sure in the building tonight to do the very same thing he's done upon earth if he can find the very same faith. Amen. We'll begin here tomorrow night. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for Jesus Oh, the unconditional covenant. Born myself a sinner, alienated out of the commonwealth of God by the amazing grace, by the election of God, spoke to my poor little Irish heart one day and called. Oh, I'm so glad I heard it, Lord. I cherish it above everything knowing that someday this body of humiliation that we're in now 
will be marred by death. All of its features and all of its mentalities will break and go back with the brain cells. But inside of there lives the Holy Spirit that will come again someday, bringing forth the resurrected body, which this is a negative of strong, healthy, young. And today we have the earnest of that by seeing you heal the sick and the afflicted. Your Holy Spirit, you're proving without a shadow of doubt that you're still Jesus. God raised him up from the dead, set his body on his right side as a high priest making intercession, feeling the infirmities of the people going before God daily with his blood, saying, I died for this purpose, the Holy Spirit that was upon him here on the earth now, working through submitted hearts, performing the same thing. God, all the questions are gone. Abraham rose and believed God. Father, if there's some here without you, if they're aliens, may they rise tonight and believe God. Say, I'm finished. This settles it. I've seen the Bible, heard it read. I've looked at it. The Holy Spirit's confirmed it. I am now a believer. From henceforth, I forsake all sin. I cleave to Christ and Him only. By His help and grace, I'll do this. While we have our heads bowed, is there one would raise your hand to God and say, God, this is my hand tonight. I am a believer. I promise from this night henceforth to serve you the rest of my days. Will you accept it? He'll see your hand if you'll just raise it. God bless you, brother, for standing up, accepting the Lord Jesus as Savior. Someone else, just while the church is praying, would you just stand up? That's a good thing. I like the way you did that. Stand up. Just to your feet. Let God see you that you are now accepting the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. And he that heareth my word, not he that joineth my church, but he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, will have, no, hath right now, everlasting life, not from a mental standpoint now, from your heart, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment or condemnation, but pass from death to life. Will you believe? I persuade you as a Christian brother, knowing this might be my last trip to California. My work's calling swiftly for overseas where we get tens of thousands saved in a week, maybe four or five here tonight in California or other parts of the nation. I believe our time is about finished. The handwriting's on the wall. People are so indifferent. If you're here without Christ, would you just stand for a moment? Maybe every one of your Christians born again. I hope you are. Now, Heavenly Father, to those who stood or raised their hands, I pray humbly that you will heal their spirit tonight. Grant it. May real faith come in. Not no more doubt. Just wash it out by the blood of the Lord Jesus and make them thy loving servant. Please, Father. Those maybe who did not stand, who wish they could have had enough courage to stand for God. We're living in a horrible day, great educated day, like it was before Noah came, a great day of science, great day of building, great day of working of materials. You said, as it was in Noah's time, so will it be just before your time, and here we are. But there was a message went forth in Noah's day. And your message is going forth today, calling people to the cross. 
Now heal the sick tonight, Father, for we commit these things into thy hands. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you now. As we start calling for some sick to come up, and now I'm really only got ten minutes, but we'll run a little longer than that. Let's see. Did you get up? There's still an F? Still got F's out. Prayer card's F. Now, these prayer cards, when you receive them, just when you, each day they're given out fresh and new, and um, when you receive them, you have to come here to get it. You can't get and take it over to somebody else that's never heard the message and know how to. Don't do that, because you'll be stopped by it. You come get your own prayer card. You can have it, and then come. Now, let's see. Well, let's call, quickly, let's call uh, from, let's see, from 80, 85. Let's call from 85. Anybody got prayer cards? F85, raise up your hand right quick, see if I'm on right ground. Prayer card F85, raise up your hand right over here, all right, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, up to 100. Stand up right over here, if you will, right over here, line up real quick. If you can, you all look around, if somebody's sitting next to you, look at their prayer card, maybe they got one and, and they don't, can't hear or something, and maybe they can't get up. And now while they're lining those people up, F80, what did I call from? Where did I call from? 85, 15, uh, 85, yeah, 85. Prayer card 85 to 100 and F. Looks a little bitty card. Got a number on the back, and it's got a F. And line up over here, if you will, quickly as you can. We'll start the prayer line right away. Now, do you love him? Oh, isn't he wonderful? Jesus of Nazareth coming along the road where the sick and the needy was. God speaking to him and showing him people out in the audience believing. He'd turn around and tell them, Thy faith has healed you from the blood issue. I know you who you are. You come from a certain place, yes. And how'd you know me? I seen you when you were under the tree. Said, Go down yonder and Throw your hook into the river and catch the first fish. He's got a coin in his mouth. Go pay the, the tithe and the tributes. And Oh, he's still Jesus, isn't he? All right, let's sing one verse of the great physician now. All together while they're lining him up. The great physician now is the sin Jesus. He I say, 87. There's one card missing, number 87. If someone with prayer card 87, it may be somebody who can't get up. Look, somebody look at this lady sitting here. I don't know, it looks like she can't get up right here. See, she's got a prayer card. All right, look at your neighbor. Anybody with prayer card F87, would you raise your hand? 87, F87. Check them around and see. All right. Now, if you're here and they don't care, well, you won't. See, tomorrow night, you had a chance tonight to get in the prayer line, then you shouldn't ask for a card again tomorrow if you got a chance tonight. Now, come on and get in ever who is coming. All right. While the boys are checking around, let us have a word of prayer, will you? Heavenly Father, now we are here to minister as ministering brethren one to the other. And I pray thee, dear God, that your blessed mercy will rest upon each and every one. 
Help me, dear God, tonight to pray for your sick children who are needy. Grant it. And may every person in divine presence that's sick be healed. Grant it, Lord, for we ask it in Jesus' dear name and for his sake. Amen. All right. Now I'm going to ask you something. And, brother, you watch. Just don't let me stand too long. I know you have to hurry home, but let's just start the meeting. No one responding. All right. All right. All, all right. They may be stepped out. Maybe out somewhere. They come in. Well, somebody usher find out. If someone comes in, maybe bearing that card, we'll put them in the line anyhow because they deserve to come. All right. Now, I want to ask you, I, not knowing no one, as far as I know, in the building right now, but the man behind me and just a local group that's with me, the two boys, and my wife's here somewhere, but I've never seen her yet tonight in here, but she's here somewhere, my little girl, my son here, and that's all. But God knows every one of you. Don't you believe that? Now, if thou canst believe, just have faith. How many here that wants to be healed? That it hasn't got no prayer card. You won't be up here on a platform. Just raise your hand. I just get a general idea of where you're sitting. Right. That's fine. This looks like it's solid everywhere. Now, this person here, this woman, young lady rather, is a perfect stranger to me. I've never seen her. But God knows her. And God knows all about her. Now, if I could heal her, if she's sick, I don't know she's sick. But if I could heal her and wouldn't do it, I, I'd be a cruel person. But I, I can't heal her. And if Jesus is standing right here where I am now, neither could he heal her. He's already done it. He might try to get her to believe it. But is that right? That's right. See, because the blood's already been shed, the atonement's made. He can't work against himself. See? He can't do that. He's already did it. And you can't do it again after he's already got it done. He's laid down the program. I shed my blood to make it possible. The sin question's already paid for. The healing question's already paid for. Now, if you can believe, that's it. That's all can be done. Then in that, he sends preachers, he sends prophets, and he sends different ones and sets them in the church for his glory that they might see and believe. Now, this girl, you are, we're strangers to each other, are we, lady? I've never seen you in my life. I don't, you've never seen me. We're total strangers. All right, if the Lord Jesus will let me know what the girl's here for. Will the rest of you here believe with all your heart? That it's, you remember, Jesus said himself, and through the night, if there's a stranger here, that's exactly what Jesus said. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I can do nothing but what the Father shows me first. Is that right? I can do nothing in myself, just what the Father shows me that I do. And when he went away, he said, Now the same thing that I've done, you'll do also, for I'll be with you always to the end of the world. You'll do the same thing I've done until the end of the world. So that's him. And he, the Bible said he's raised from the dead. So if he's raised from the dead and the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's got to do the same thing, has he? Then if you ought to know after hearing his word, believing him, accepting his personal Savior, and here he is doing the same thing, then he's no guess about it. It's all truth, isn't it? Now the young lady, as again... Tonight, it's a woman to begin with. We are strangers to each other. And now, sister, you know that to be true. We're strangers. But now, you know that I don't know what you're here for. I, I have no idea. You're just a, a young lady that walked up here on the platform, and that's all. And you wouldn't necessarily have to have been up here. You could have been sitting out there and had faith. But being that you're here close to me, 
See, I can speak to you. And if I can get you to have faith, then your own faith will make the vision operate for you. See, it's God showing you that he loves you. It isn't me. I know nothing about you. But he does. And if you don't believe, well, then there's nothing to be done. You can stand there all night. And if you didn't believe, well, it would never, it would never work. Because it's your faith that operates it, not mine. It's yours. God's gift, but I, I'm not the gift. I'm just the, the channel. See? That bulb is not the light. That wire is not the light. It's the current in the wire that gives the light. It's just the conductor. In this case, I'd be the conductor. See? And it takes his, and somebody has to press the button. And you're the person that'll have to press the button. God shows the light, and he snaps it off. You know where that's right. Now, as we talk talking to you, it's sure to contact your spirit. That's right. And and uh, you he's near the Holy Spirit. You're aware of that. That something's near. So am I. But it just hasn't anointed us yet. Just right. So what it is. But I see the lady now as she begins to dim out to me. I see her. Um, She's suffering with a, a nervous condition. She's real upset. She's been that way for some time. She also has a, a lady's condition. It's in the female gland. She's having trouble in the female gland. Those things are true, aren't they, ladies? And I, I, you're, you're not from here. You come from somewhere else. Another city, I see you moving, coming this way. Someone has told you something is about the meeting, and you come to be prayed for. Now I see the a number that you left from. It's uh, it's um, it's eighty six fourteen is your street number, and somebody calls you Betty, and your last name is Moore. That's right. I give you a home, you're healed. Your faith has done it, sister. The Lord bless you, my sister. Have faith in God. Believe with all your heart. Our Lord has... We are Abraham's seed. Jesus Christ was Abraham's seed. Out of him come. God has made it. Just have faith. Don't doubt. Believe with all your heart. And you shall receive just exactly. It's all right. She's just coming out from under. She said under the anointing long. That's what it was. She just completely passed out. That's all. That's all right. She's well now. And he's all right. She's just exhausted. She's fed. Now, the man standing here, sir, we are strangers to each other. We do not know each other. Only God knows us both. Is that right, sir? And, sir, you weeping there because you was really excited with the overcoat on. The little heart trouble's been bothering you. It's over now. <clears throat> Just have faith. Um, say, the lady sitting next to you there suffers with a, a trouble with her lungs, too. That's right, isn't it, lady? Now, just raise up your hand, too, sister. Now, lay your hand over on her, sir. That's it. Heavenly Father... 
Their faith is close enough to draw the virtue of the Holy Spirit to a vision. I pray that his faith is strong enough now to make them both well. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you think of that, sir? Isn't he wonderful? Certainly is. You keep looking that way because you're interested in somebody, aren't you? <laughs> it's your wife. <laughs> right. You got a throat trouble. This is your last night you can stay, isn't it? You have to go home. <laughs> You're going to be well. You got a little habit you want to give up, too. You going to quit it? Throw the thing away and never pick them up and go and serve God the rest of your life. Lay your hands on your wife down there. She can go get healed, too. God bless you, Pastor. On your road rejoicing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us say thanks be to the Lord God, creator of heavens and earth, author of everlasting life. Come near, sister, believe. If thou canst believe, thou canst receive. I do not. Lady, with a pocketbook and your hand laying on it, been having some trouble with your side. That's it. You sitting there. Yes, that's right. All right, it's over now. Your faith has healed you. Amen. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's wonderful, isn't he? The other lady sitting there with her pocketbook in her hand with high blood pressure, but Jesus Christ can make you well, can't he, sister? You believe it? You believe it? All right, you can be healed. That's wonderful, isn't he? You turn around post looking at me. You've been bothering your eyes, haven't you, sir? Yes, yes, sure, you have the man next to you, yes, too. All right, both of you stand up and receive your sight. In the name of the Lord Jesus, and be made well. You have faith? If thou canst believe, that's up to you. You believe, sister, with all your heart, you're a very sick woman. You have trouble with heart trouble, for one thing, and you, you have trouble with your throat, and you're bothered with sinus trouble, complications like your age is against you on many of the things you think. But God is for you. I want to tell you something that you might know. You got someone you're real interested in, aren't you? It's had a stroke or something. They've been in bed for nine years. Isn't that right? I just go on receiving and believing with all your heart. God will confirm it. Let us say thanks be to God. If thou canst believe. How do you do, lady? You speak English? Very well. I'm a stranger to you. You do not know me. I do not know you. You got your baby. That's what you're interested in. If Jesus will let me know something, what you're here for, will you believe him with all your heart? Sister, your baby is very sick. They really don't know what's the matter with it, because it's got trouble in its neck. It's a gland trouble, swelling. That is right. You used to take that baby to the doctor, the hospital it was, about yesterday, but you're holding off. That's very good faith for a sinner. 
Christians. You used to be a Catholic, wasn't you? And you quit the Catholic Church, right? And then you started going to a Pentecostal church, but you didn't join it. You haven't been back to that church for about a year. You don't know what to do. This come up on your baby that you might serve the Lord. Now go and be born again of his spirit. I'll bless the baby. Just a moment. I've seen someone else with a rosary. Or... There's some women standing by. Here they are. The young lady sitting looking at me. Lady sitting next to her is her grandmother. She's suffering with her stomach trouble. That's right, isn't it? And you suffer with headaches, troubles, isn't that right? You're both Catholic. You believe that the Lord Jesus will save and heal right now and make you both well? Will you believe it? Raise up your hands, if you will. All right? Now put your hand over on grandmother there. And Father God who made heavens and earth, all things are possible to them that believe. Remit every sin, Lord, I pray, and that you'll heal this darling little baby here, and I take the curse off of it. It's too young to have faith. May this baby live. Satan has numbered its days, but the mother has come to you, Lord Jesus, just now. And now I curse this disease that it will not take the baby's life, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will save the child. And bless those who are holding hands below. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it's all over, sister. I want to ask you something. You've never had a feeling like you have now. Isn't that right? You are also forgiven of every sin, and your, and your baby will live. Don't fear. Go on your road. Tell mother or grandmother to eat what she wants to. Your headaches cease, sister. The lady's trouble. It's all over. Now, just have faith and believe with all your heart. Hallelujah. The lady, Spanish lady sitting right over there, got a chest trouble having his sister sitting right there with, a, with her head down weeping because the God had spoke to it. He heard your prayers too, sister. God bless you. You are healed also. Your faith has saved you. Get some of these Spanish people in here. They've got faith. What's the matter with you Pentecostal people? Look at Catholics coming in with faith. They're taught to believe that what their priest says is right. You ever get one lined up right there and see the Holy Spirit working, he'll believe everything you said. What do you think about that lady being Spanish too? You believe it? All right. You know what's happened? Your female trouble has left you. It, you're healed. Go on your road rejoicing and be made well through Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sister, will you believe God can heal heart trouble and make you well? Well, just go right on on your road rejoicing because he's Jehovah Jireh that provides everything we have need of. You love him? Oh, my, that's what I have faith. Now it just begins to set in everywhere. When I spoke to that lady, something happened, didn't it? I just go on your road rejoicing, thanking God, and be well through Jesus' name. Don't doubt a bit. Just believe with all your heart. Come, sir, and I would ask you something. You believe that pretty trouble's gone? Just go on your road rejoicing and cause he has healed it. Let's say praise be to God. Do you believe, sister? You'd like to go eat a big hamburger about that big with onions on it? Go eat it then and be well in the name of the Lord. That ulcered stomach, that, that's... My Lord can heal arthritis just so easy. Don't you believe that? We're just go rejoicing and thanking God for, for what he's done for you. 
Well, you have a lady's trouble, you're nervous, you've got arthritis, you're just walked up that time rejoicing, saying, thank you, Lord. Let's say praise the Lord. Every one of you. Do you believe? Thou canst receive right now, if thou canst believe. I believe right now the Holy Spirit wants to heal every one of you. What about it, lady? What about it, sister, brother? Do you believe it? Right now, all of that strength and all the conscience and knowing what's going on. When you want to believe right now, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I pray thee in Jesus' name that you condemn every devil that's bound the people and make this a great night, a great success. While your spirit is sure moving on the people, may the Holy Ghost just now baptize every believer and let them know that they are the seed of Abraham and are heirs of the promise, and the promise of healing is theirs. And I now condemn Satan, the old doubting devil, and he's a, trying to hold the people, but he has a legal right. Satan, Jesus Christ stripped you of every power you have, and all the power of that you had a Calvary when the blood of God's Son poured out and gushes from his side and the Holy Ghost was stripped from his body and was sent back to the church to reveal and expose you after 2,000 years and here you are exposed you're a loser come out of the people I adjure thee by Jesus Christ the Son of the living God that you